Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, I've got Ryan. Yo. And we've got Mike. Hello. And today, we are going to continue our month-long celebration of Women's History Month, Crossroads style, with this week sticking to a discussion about Wizard of Oz Charlie. Now, if you missed our first episode in this series of discussions, it is now available on demand via iTunes or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast content. We're everywhere. You cannot escape us as much as you try. We are on Stitcher, iTunes, Grindr. Grindr? That's a podcast place, right? (laughs) I I don't know. I heard you talking about it. We're like HIV in the 80s. Just everywhere. Just everywhere. Magic Johnson can't even stop us. Yeah, and you might need some ear condoms, you know, just for safe. Safety reasons. Eardoms? Ear- oh. That that escalated very quickly, I will say. Everything on the show like, escalated. Welcome to the show, ear condoms and AIDS. And we're like, what? Everyone has AIDS. Is latex safe to put in your ear holes? I just wonder. Well, if you're latex. <laughs> I don't think so. It, I don't know. Oh. I've never tried. All right. So. Never will. If you've listened to this and are still here, we are going to be talking about <laughs> Wizard of Oz, Charlie, her character with regards to those particular episodes what that did for her as a whole for the show and how that changed our perspective of her in a lot of ways now we did the previous episode on the top five pivotal women of supernatural that was for all of us as fans as what we felt fit the most and and were the most impactful and influential women characters within the show for us This week, we're talking about Wizard of Oz, Charlie, but later in the month, we have Forgotten and Underrated Women of Supernatural, an episode that I'm really looking forward to because there are a lot of characters when you go back that had significant impact if small screen time. Yeah. This is where you can get real hipster. Yeah, exactly. These oh, are these are the, the deep tracks. Like I can fi- I can be justified rather than having Ryan make fun of my choices because they're obscure. This is now. where you thrive. Yes. Well, yeah, this is this is for you. This, I, I created this. You made this, this one for you, yes. didn't you? So yeah. so like we couldn't make fun of you. It's gonna be called the Crossroads, the hipster edition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael Flores edition. It's gonna be some rando waitress and rando uh, uh, waitress uh, episode six. She's uh, so underrated. Six. She was the greatest actress that ever showed up in Supernatural. Uh, she. Looked Looks great. She acted great. She was only in thirty seven. She, she was only great. in thirty seven seconds of the. Uh, you know, the uh, one who slapped Dean when he was forgetting his memory. Yeah, 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 good that, yeah. That's perfect. Well, it's all in the way she emoted. She didn't even have to say words. It's just, she, it's just raw talent. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, did, I'm ready for it. Good, she only did good, one dude. episode of We've anything, and it was notes, supernatural. Yeah, she never went she on to do anything else. After yeah. that, yeah, <laughs> she became a doctor. 
He realized you didn't really a dentist. have a lot of skill. Uh, a and, dental assistant. Yeah, dental assistant. Dental right. assistant. Yeah. Jesus. And then later in the month, to close it out, we have Rowena from Bad Bitch to Good Witch Part 2. Mm-hmm. And this is, of mm-hmm. course, all in addition to a episodes you can get through the patreon stream if you are a proud patreon member you'll get seven additional episodes coming out this month that's right we can go for a whole seven more seconds wow we are yes. we last a long time we last so long you'll be like please put out of my ear holes with your latex oh. <laughs> so, so long and yes so short exactly no. story of my life <laughs> Also, don't forget, people can now subscribe to our push notifications. If you want to get live mobile updates whenever a RMD show goes live or is about to go live, including this one, you could text RMD69 to 81257. <laughs> Six, nine. And then you'll That's never. That, those last two aren't part of it. That's no, just no, right. No, no, I heard 69. It should have been 69, for, 420. For a moment, they were like, you know what? I might actually subscribe to that. And then Ryan talked. They're like, fuck it. Well, like, dude, <laughs> I'm an eight. Open my mouth. I'm a two. We, we, we've gone over this before. Yeah. Wasn't it a seven and a one before? No, it was eight and two. Oh, all right. Like Thomas got, has to wow. bring it down by well, one. Just, you know, look, man. I wanted to fact you check that one. I, wasn't I feel like a 5.9, not a 6.9? Oh, oh, bitch. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Inches matter. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, when it comes to men, the numbers Inches, numbers oh, matter. Dude, numbers you, either, matter, you either have to be six foot. An eight-inch penis, or you're pretty much, you know, yeah. anything under that. You're if you're tight. six foot four and you have under seven inches, it's just not a thing. You're just not ladies. a real human. Yeah, <laughs> you're a subhuman. You're a sub- I'm a tree beard. I'm not We've established that to anyone else in this room. Just not talking me. to Ryan. Nope. Not talking to myself. But both of you are but under six feet, right? So what does that yeah, equate but, to? I may be under six feet, but I you're have basically more, a I have more than I have more than six point nine. Right? I can tell you that. Hobbit in the eyes of women. It's six foot or die. My feet are hairy. (laughs) Wait, which wait, which Hobbit am I? Can I be Sam, who basically carried the whole series on his back? No, you're Pippin, who everyone gets confused Uh, with Mary. I'm I'm Bilbo, man. (laughs) Yeah, you would be a Bilbo. Give me that ring. (laughs) Oh my god. That's okay. Actually, no, you're more old and decrepit, Bilbo. Towards the end, yeah, of that's the one I was thinking. Oh, is that the one? Okay. Yeah, the ones all. Why shouldn't I keep it? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! It's mine. This is good content, people. Are- <laughs> if you guys don't want to listen to this, I mean, fuck. All right, <laughs> moving on to relevant topics for this episode. We are talking about. Wizard of Oz, Charlie in particular. Now we have said, and it's no surprise, it's honestly one of the things we've gotten the most, I'd say, flack from, from not only Supernatural fans in general, but our our listening audience, is our relationship and love-hate relationship with Charlie as a whole. And that's a complicated and I think sometimes unfair from context issue. Yeah. We struggled a bit with Charlie as a character because for a while there... The writers were, at the time, intent on just bringing her into the show and stapling the Hunter label onto her with very little to no context. It was just fast-tracked. As to why or how she got so good. Something that took Dean and Sam years to develop and hone, that took most other established hunters through canon years to establish and and become good at. And, And so many people with such a high death toll... For a character who was in her introductory episode portrayed as this very nerdy, non-confrontational person, it's it was a bit of a stretch to us, in our opinion. Thankfully, as the show went on with her, 
we felt like things started to change around season nine and, and particularly season 10 with her pseudo send off in episode four, season nine, episode four slumber party written by Robbie Thompson. I think the biggest problem we had just kind of adding to what you said, Thomas, I think the biggest problem we had when it came to Charlie was yes. We're all about story. Yep. Well, you can be our favorite actor of all time. But if it's not really helping the story, we're going to shrug and say, all right, but why are you here? We did that with Castiel for a while. Yeah. And I feel like with Felicia Day and the character of Charlie, it was more Felicia Day. It was more put your hands together for Felicia Day's guest appearance. And it wasn't really there for any other reason in the beginning. And when I say in the beginning, I'm talking about her second and her third appearances. Her, her first appearance was was fine. Well, it so was that's spot on. Real quick, I, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second, yeah. Mike, because that's one of the things that I feel like people don't quite comprehend. Charlie appears in a handful of episodes, actually physically appears in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven episodes. Of those seven the ones we feel like she's not a strong character or is just the, hey, it's Felicia Day and it started to rub us a little bit the wrong way is yeah. two, maybe two and a half. Yeah. Out of seven. That's not even most of her run. That's not most of the season she's in. Yep. Yeah. It's a couple of key episodes that you just said where she felt like, hey, we're introducing Felicia Day as guest spotting, almost like a Scooby-Doo special. Right. Not... The character Charlie that we knew she and loved from Deli- season seven her and name should have grow been, to love. Her, na- her name should have been Delisha Faye at that point. Like, hey, look, Delisha Faye is here. Like, at that point, I mean, she was basically playing herself. But I, that's, I find that so interesting that people give gave us a hard time for that when it was really just two portrayals out it's of be- seven. It's because she's a, she's a fan favorite. She's a nerd favorite person. Yeah. And it sounded like we were trying to shit on her being in the show. And we really weren't. It just... The, it just didn't feel right it just at the time. Did, it was yeah. too fast-tracked. It was too Ray Skywalker. Like, she just knew how to do everything, or they just fast-tracked yeah. her straight into being a hunter. And it's like, we've watched Sam and Dean for seven, eight years now, and it took them a while to be straight-on badass. And exactly. then all of a sudden, she's a... Like, it just... It was too fast-tracked. You're exactly right. Yeah. Be, it, I, I like that you bring up the comparison of Sam and Dean, because it took them five years to do a lot of things yeah. with ease to where now it's just run of the mill type of, of things for them. But it, it really started to change for her in season nine yeah. yep. when Carver wanted to do a little bit more with her. Cause at first it was just for fun. That's kind of what you get. It's just for fun. And then in season Comedic nine, relief. what's that? Comedic relief. Yeah. And then in season nine, uh, episode four slumber party, that's when things start to change for her in that episode. It wasn't great for her because we had to swallow the fact that she was hunting already and that she was doing just fine when the last we heard she was a computer hacker and now she's hunting. But this episode is what changed that and allowed her to be a hunter in a, in a manner that actually worked logically. Yep. I think that I don't think that that we question the fact that Charlie could become a hunter. I don't think that was a problem. I just think that it was just so fast tracked that it felt unnatural and it felt weird. And as far as Felicia Day goes and Charlie goes, we like the character. I don't think we're saying that we no, didn't all. disliked it at all. Yeah. I think we were just saying that it was almost too fast forwarded for us. And 
ultimately this episode, you know, she was able to actually be believable as a hunter. Well, and I think I that's mean, really what we were more concerned with. And that's why this is a topic for today, because yeah. it's the events pertaining to the Wizard of Oz elements that really created a viable character. It, yeah. Because, I mean, let's give it let's give a comparison. All right. You want to say that Charlie is a character grew into a proficient hunter within having her being introduced and seeing her as a hunter two episodes. LARP and the real girl was not a hunter episode. And by Pac-Man fever, she's hunting. And by slumber party, she's a crack shot and has can handle her own Mm -hmm. two to three episodes. Castiel took seasons when not being an angel, trying to be a hunter to get anywhere close to being able to do that. Yeah. And he's been fighting for millennia. Like that's one of those things that it was the Ray Skywalker's a strong comparison yep. was like it's not that this character can't do these things, it's that the speed with which you've done that it's them just not realistic. Is, is control <laughs> delete hack the game, yeah. you know, down, down, up, up. Yeah, yeah. The contra A B A B start. Exactly. Yeah. Like she immediately has infinite ammo. It just it just wasn't believable. And yeah. it's, I know we're talking about, you know, a Star Wars or or you know, supernatural world, which isn't real, but it's not It isn't? Be- no, it's not, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Mike. Um I know that well, now, go na- now his make a wish will never come true. Um I think for me, <laughs> dang it, no joke, no laughs on that one. That was a little dark. That was a good one, dude. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I, I think it's just. I guess that means Rowena won't go on a date with me. Uh, that was my, my make a wish. That's my make a wish. God dang it. Um, I feel like, you know, with Charlie, it just, it was like you said, uh, Thomas, it was just too fast track. Yeah. It, it just wasn't believable. And I think for us, we went through that huge period of watching Sam and Dean get better and better and better. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, I crack shot. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's not how well, it works. And that's, guys. The, and that's why the Oz episode worked so well. You're, you're right, Mike, that it, it, the very first one took a little bit of setup, but it was a great setup. And then beyond that, it was a awesome concept. It was, it was a great idea to bring into the world of supernatural. And it's something that we'll talk about in an upcoming, uh, lore horror video discussion down the road. But the Oz world, Frank L. Frank Baum's world of Oz, adding that into Supernatural opened the door to so many possibilities. I know that was like our biggest takeaway from that episode, from that entire concept. What that meant for the world, putting a real world character as a men of letters, that this world was not just the imaginations of a writer, but an actual place that they could visit that parallel dimensions were possible meant huge things huge for the world of supernatural that. And that's the thing that I think people give Carver crap, which I don't necessarily understand of throwing things to the wall and then walking away from them. While there was that at times, he not was not afraid to knock down any and every wall of preconceived notions about the limitations of supernatural as a whole. We're used to heaven and hell being our, our constraints. And he's like, fuck it. Let's have the men of letters bunker that opens an entire swath of new possibilities. Let's make dimensions to fairy tale worlds, a possibility, something that had only previously been done with the leprechaun dimension in season six. And I, he and he kept doing that. He was not afraid 
to change the boundaries of their storytelling abilities. No, well, and oh, no, go, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. I, I was just going to say by doing that, by, by, by expanding that way. And this is something we had always talked about with supernatural, even when this concept was brought up is that opening up that concept, even if you never really go back to it, mm-hmm. it, it makes everything so much bigger and you're able to yep. do things and people won't really question it because it's, you've already done this before. And I think the way they did Oz in this was so genius and it made the bunker relative at the time because of the way it opened the door to Oz. And I think that was one of the things that really was awesome about this is like you opened up the possibility to do this again down the road, even if you never go back to this one place. And I think that right there is a great way, a great example. I mean, obviously I think we're all bummed that they never actually went back to Oz, but I think it was, Oh yeah, that would have been cool. It would have been so cool. But then again, you know, now in season 14, 15, we got other dimensions. So they, they still elaborated on it. It just wasn't as right after the fact, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, they didn't go back as quick as, as we would have liked, but by doing that, it changed supernatural by, by adding that aspect to the show and making it a viable thing where they could say, Hey, at any, at, you, you'd watch every week be on, well, they could go back to another dimension or something mm-hmm. could come from that. And I think that was what's cool about it. And like you said, almost kind of edgy and, and different for what they were trying to do with the show at the time. Um, I, dude, I, I think it was one of the coolest things, one of the coolest like lore things that they introduced just in general. I remember it blowing our mind when it first aired yeah. and, we, and we talked about it. And that's the, the creativity behind Jeremy Carver as a showrunner because he wasn't just about – Hey guys, we need to, he has plans. If you look at his run as a showrunner, let me backtrack. He has specific strategies behind how he's going to make characters relevant. And and once he puts his sights on a character, that character is fully realized. He did it with Crowley. And he did it here with Felicia Day's character, Charlie. He takes this grand idea. In the writing room, they're like, all right, guys, let's bring back Charlie, but let's let's do something. Let's level her up. How are we going to make her a legitimate, believable addition to Team Winchester? Yep. Well, let's create this alt reality, essentially. Call it Wizard of Oz. Let's bring a little bit of that into the equation here. Let's play with the alt history angle. Mm-hmm. And then now we have the ingredients that we can use to create a character like Charlie more interesting and more believable as team Winchester. Because when you go back to a character like this, if you're going to keep bringing her back, you have to have change. And that's problems that we have with a lot of TV, not supernatural in Specifically, but in general, you have long running shows that always want to bring back guest spots and they never really do anything except do what you expect them to do with your favorite guest spot. And the thing that Carver did was he's all, okay, we're going to bring her back. People like her, but let's give her some progression. Let's start taking her story arcs a little more serious and let's truly define who she is and fully flesh her out. And this was just the beginning. This was step one of that. Yep. I think, I think the thing that really almost bums me out is that she would have been so much more believable too if she, when she came back from Oz or if Sam and Dean went to Oz, because now you put her on a level of, she knows way more about something that Sam and Dean don't. 
Exactly. So if, oh, you bring, yeah. if you bring it back, now she's the expert. And they're still learning. Mm -hmm. So you immediately level her up to their playing field. That's a great point. And I think that's what really bums me out that we never went back is that she would have spent however. We don't know how time passes in Oz. It could be way different. Yeah, it could be 100 years. She could come back and be an absolute expert at Oz. And you could have went in and delved more with, you know, now she's teaching Sam and Dean about this thing because she's the expert. And now you instantly level her up. They did do that a bit with the episode where she returns from Oz and she right. battles yeah. um, right. with herself, Dark Charlie. So they kind of do that. They did a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But after that, yeah. But had that been back. a place that we revisited and spent some time in and that was a. For example, in season 13, we have Apocalypse World. We right. go there. They've been there for however long, but nobody really did anything with that. It was just Sam and Dean had to yeah. traverse the area, find the camp. All right, let's get out of here. This could have been a similar setup, but hey, you guys are not at home. You know, they could have used a perfectly timed supernatural joke. You're not in Kansas anymore. Oh, God, that would have been amazing. Like one of those super corny, but fuck, if they had delivered it right, it would have been perfect. Yeah. And they would have had Charlie as this character who has seen some shit, been through some shit. And the fact that you can change how time worked, like we're just spitballing a whole spinoff here. Sounds awesome. I'd Change watch how time works. Time passes, but you don't age the same way. So now she's had 50, 60, 1,000 years of training, which would explain why she's fucking a crack shot Dude, at I could, everything. Bro, I could I could totally get down on that. Like, I, I mm-hmm. can watch that because, like, I think if you, if you make her more of a hardened character and, like you said, 50, 60, 70, whatever it is, that time passed and she's, like, almost like Narnia. I mean, if you really want to yeah, use something yeah. like and same and, concept. Yeah. And, and she comes out and she's like, you know, this crazy hardened character. I mean, I could have I could have believed it. I think it would have been really neat. I don't think and anybody would have been that should have been Dark Charlie. That yeah. should have been the spinoff. Which no. actually aired the same season. Ouch. Oh, fuck. More people no. would have rallied around that idea. You're saying from when we first saw Oz? Bloodlines was, was season, season nine. nine. Oz was season nine. Dark Charlie came season, season 10. 10, but still, yeah. Damn, dude. That's so this, disappointing. God, why are you going <laughs> to say shit like that, Mike? Holy this is why shit. I get frustrated so many times oh. with our spinoff attempts. And I know we always talk about spinoffs. When people say, well, it's about time Supernatural ended because it's running out of steam. Like, how? How could a There's show. so much world. It's endless. And this Wizard of Oz aspect, again, season nine. Let's go back to season nine for a moment and forget everything that happened after that. This was huge. And to connect it to Charlie, one of our ongoing guest spots, was such, I I feel, um, a vindication, in my opinion, for that character. It's also a win for Carver and his team of writers in season nine. I mean, something huge yeah. like the Wizard of Oz and this alt reality, but also at the same time connecting it to the world of fairies that we had already seen in what season six was that season six. Mm-hmm. So he's actually times. expanding and fleshing out that idea. And you think Supernatural is actually running out of gas? I mean, come on. It's it's endless. They could have taken this Dark Charlie or the Wizard of Oz spinoff down, you know, four or five seasons. You really know of its own show. And and that's why I get frustrated with their spinoff attempts. Why would you give us bloodlines when we have Wizard of Oz Charlie? Well, the thing is, too, Charlie is a perfect (laughs) starting point. If you put that on paper, okay, let's say we're in the fucking writing room. Mm-hmm. Right now. Okay. 
and you you have a whiteboard. You're like, all right, guys, uh, Enos and some random white? losers called Bloodlines or Oz Charlie written by Robbie fucking Thompson and Carver. Well, you you know why. Um, we're we're going to go over here. What sounds cooler? Well, Lou Ferrigno was in that room. Like He was like, oh, Bloodlines is the worst show ever. I can't. We're doing that for now. That's a deep cut now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> New listeners are like, what? Who They're the like, wait, fuck? Lou, what the Lou fuck just happened? <laughs> That's an old school. That or 3750? I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's 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 unbelievable. It was, you know what it was? This this harkens to our pre-show, Mike. Oh. It was the safe choice. Yeah. Yeah. Teenage, yeah. teeny bopper, God, twenty year olds of attractive people doing general <sighs> boring things in a Fuck. relatable, low cost budget of place like houses and random fucking parts of an hey. existing city versus heavy CGI female lead, completely new IP we have to buy the rights to and license research reading books like <laughs> there's a fuckload of Oz books that no one realizes the Wizard of Oz is one story of like yeah. 40 yeah. there's a ton it's yeah. a big story and and we could have done all this shit no let's go with the safer choice hey, Twitter look. tells me the shitty producer that this let's is go, gonna let's be let's go with Enos and his girlfriend who's fragile who Enos. names a character Enos Enos, and Enos the penis dude that's the thing. Uh, I tumbled. I'm dead. <laughs> as Dab wrote that name down, did nobody say, "Dude, really?" Yeah, dude, no. This uh, is supernatural. Dean cracks a smile at everything, and you're like, "Yeah, let's go with our lead character for a spinoff of X number of years." Hopefully, he was looking Enus. at himself in the mirror, and he's like. Penis. Penis. <laughs> anyway, Charlie was Aaron's such a is over great. To the side of him. What'd you say? I'm like, I look like a penis. <laughs> penis. Penis. I look like a penis. Enus. That's I'm the name a, of the character. Enus. I'm, I'm a penis with no p. <laughs> that that's the thing too is that Oz is such a great setup of Charlie going over to that world as a starting point. Fish out of water character audience surrogate to be introduced to the entire world. With some skills, but doesn't know how the world plays out, what the rules are, the types of monsters, the playbook. All of that is new. All of that is for us to explore and experience with the character. And it's a shame because the, we got a glimpse of what was possible when she came back as Dark Charlie. And the fact of the matter is, Charlie had to change from what they had originally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If in order for her to have staying power on the show, she needed to change. Season seven's introduction of Charlie Bradbury was a fantastic start. One of the best episodes of season seven. Yeah. A intense thriller heist like vibe that brought in a new character that was immediately likable and fun. She was great. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Right. And off Bobby the bat, got yeah. to be ghost Bobby in that episode. And it was a real fucking threat the whole time because this is a new character. And we don't know if she's going to live or die. Unlike Sam and Dean, near the end of the season, we can pretty much bet that they're going to be safe until the finale. Right. So we didn't know what was going to happen. And she was a character, a real relatable character that went through a life-altering moment. Realizing that monsters are real. Dean lifting the veil behind the curtain of reality to show lifting that monsters the trench, are... The trench coat, per se. Exactly. Within what's inside the trench coat. Yeah. And listen of, to the pre-show yeah. of real life uh, of that monsters are real affects her greatly, but she rises to the occasion and helps them out. And she was an incredibly likable character. Those events changed her 
which made sense. They had to. Who the fuck wouldn't be changed by that? And there's no going back when you experience no. something like that. There's it's, no like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go to bed and not worry I'll, about vampires I'll and go, werewolves. I'll go ahead and take no, the blue pill. You're going to sleep with a gun and like salt and your whole world routine has yeah, changed. There, there's no blue pill, dude. You're not going back down the rabbit hole, dude. Like that's unfortunately, once you know, you're fucked. Like, I'm you, sleeping inside a ring of salt. Dude, ring of salt, I'm, shotgun under the bed, like knife covered in like dead man's iron, blood, like the fucking, works. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a terrifying life you now live. But for that character to experience that stuff, she had to change. And by trying, I always felt it was a mis... And some people could easily say that's, you know, a sexist statement. But I'm saying from a characterization aspect of who Charlie is and what she's good at, her being a hunter made no sense to me when we had introduced the Men of Letters bunker. Her being a man-woman of letters made perfect sense, almost like Oracle from the Batman comics. She's smart. She's techie. She could do all that research and love all that stuff and would be incredibly helpful to them, much like Joe and Ellen were in season two. Right. Her being a hunter felt like the the stereotypical at the time, let's make sure that she's a strong female character. But I'm like, that's not who she is characterized as. To be a strong female character doesn't mean you, you need have to, to be a male character. Use your fists and that's a male a character trait and a knife. <laughs> like you can be strong and be exactly who Charlie was in the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons. That tattoo. was a strong female character. Yeah. So that was a bit of a, a missed mark. But either way, you wanted to make her something beyond just this fish out of water character. You had to change her. And as we said, the two episodes we didn't really care for was them trying to push that she's so great at all this stuff overnight. The Oz story was the catalyst for that change. And it's what made her, from a logical storytelling standpoint, go from girl learning about the hunter lifestyle into badass who can carry her own and has been through some living hell scenarios that now when she returns in season 10, we say, yep, that makes sense. Doesn't miss a beat. And it worked for us. And Robbie Thompson's expansion of that fairy world, by the way of Oz was yet another example, as I said earlier of how Jeremy Carver and the team at that time intended on exploring new avenues and expanding the world of supernatural beyond the, existing and predominant Abrahamic concepts of heaven and hell, good and evil, the Bible Judeo-Christian aspects that tied seasons one through five together. Season six and seven start to defer from that a bit, uh, become more character driven. We've talked about that at length. I won't go into that. Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole other four hour discussion, <laughs> <laughs> but, but this was a way in which to expand the world in new avenues that had never been explored before. And really did set the groundwork for one of Dab's greatest contributions later in season 13 with the multiverse. Yes. Agreed. This is the first multiple verse that we experience. Well, maybe second, I guess. Yeah, we had Gary universe, but we never saw that. We never saw it. Yeah. This is the first tangible. Here's a fucking door. Look at a different reality. Here's another reality. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the biggest reasons why we're big fans of Carver because he never yeah. shied away from expanding lore trying something new beyond what we would expect and then to connect you know the expansion of lore directly to a character like Charlie 
it ended up paying off in a really big way for that character. It's what made her a legitimate ally in the following yep. season. Yeah. And not just following season, but, but a, it built up her character. It made her return all the more impressive. It made following events such as the book of the dam and introducing the Steins and her being able to steal that from this secret family. Yeah. Makes sense. I buy it now. Right. Because she went through all kinds of other shit. And I think that was probably the people look back at Felicia Day's character and just love her for Felicia Day. But I, I really think she's far more interesting from the character that she went through, even with those two episodes that I don't really care for, because she went through such a dramatic shift. And Carver and Robbie Thompson really did create a storyline for Charlie that would a be interesting to watch and b improve her and and give them a new avenue to tell other interesting stories. Well, they also you know included elements like the fairy world in a way that actually instead of just bringing up some random element that doesn't really apply to Charlie, this is what we knew Charlie as. She was someone who was a super nerd. She liked the world of magic and Harry Potter and she to read connect the book her to her mother exactly and to connect that aspect of her personality to her very development of a character the next stage of her development i felt like it was just right on par with what we know of her and it fit seamlessly into yeah. into the next stage of her development as a character absolutely it did and and you're right it did fit it didn't feel out of place in any way and, and- you know, it was a it was a clever way to fast track her. It was a clever way make to make it believable. To fast track her, make her believable, bring her into the fold as a hunter in a way that we didn't bat an eye at. Because that's that's the thing. If if those two episodes didn't quite work for us, where just overnight she's like, Yeah, I've been practicing at home kind of thing, <laughs> versus I spent X number of years because time is, work. is irrelevant. I was and in the I backyard flying monkeys and I had to shoot them out of the air with pinpoint precision yeah. while fucking lion mounted knights attacked us like and magic is real and just fired off at all cylinders and the wizard is a total douche. Like well, right there, that's far more interesting. Yes. Because Ryan said it a few moments ago. You know, look at um, Sam and Dean. They were learning up for five, six years. They were learning for 15 years. Yeah. Never and, and look how learning. much they didn't know from seasons one to five and how yep. much they learned. Yeah. And that's why it never really worked for me that Charlie just became a hunter overnight and she was out there doing things. But with her being whisked away to this alt reality, she got that level up, as you had mentioned. And then now we have a character who is justifiably a hunter Mm -hmm. and can be justifiably a badass and possibly even have more knowledge than Sam and Dean, as Ryan mentioned. And we don't bat an eye. We don't shrug and say, well, that doesn't make sense. No, it makes perfect sense, especially when she returns in season 10 and she explains everything that she has been up to. She was... Fighting a fucking war against against the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I mean, that's epic. That's that's frying pan into fire. That's deep end of the pool shit. 
Well, that's uh, well, that's uh, completely on a whole nother level from Sam and Dean. Like, if you really think about it, they didn't fight any wars. They weren't fighting against. They're not fighting a, a magical war. Yeah, like at, at, like the closest they got was season five when like the apocalypse was going on. Yeah, and and even then, like there weren't lion f- dudes riding lions and shit. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like it, by doing that and bringing her back and her telling the whole thing, like she instantly becomes a badass that she's been fighting a fucking war with knights on lions and fucking wizards and shit. Like you immediately level up to like fucking max level at that point. Like you are. It was the hyperbolic time chamber. Like just, exactly. She, she was waiting to Super Saiyan 2 yes, right there. Absolutely. And just shit on everyone else <laughs> because of how, how much training, you know, like 300 times gravity. Like it's just it's a great way of doing it. And it's easy. And it's a it's a pill that we can swallow. It is and go, easy. And it's very easy too. yeah. See, doesn't that frustrate you, though, when you look at other TV yes, shows? Yes. It's because constantly because you look at how. I don't want to say it's easy because I don't want to take away from the skill set that these writers have or had at this time. But it's easy if you really want to create a scenario where we can believe a character. Here it is right here. In 47 minutes, they created a viable backdoor pilot. Mm -hmm. I'll just say that. And also introduced us to new lore and leveled up bro a character dragon ball z has been doing it since 1989 okay <laughs> like it's so easy to do and it like when you put it and you apply it to a character like charlie it makes sense and we can go you know what that totally is believable we don't know how time passes over there she could be fucking 50 years ahead of them sam and dean and boom she's she's a badass and i will believe it because we're in supernatural and it's so easy to make a character immediately level up Without us going, oh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it just—it's so easy and it's frustrating. Well, it's, it's, it it's also—it had to be something that fit in the universe because to just say, "Yeah, I've been practicing at home," I've been shooting cans in my backyard, you know, hitting, yeah, yeah, hitting womp rats, you know, doesn't quite translate <laughs> in a world in which it took these pros and their father decades to get to. Anybody, Joe and Ellen, Ellen has been a, or Joe has been in hunter training mode since she was a child and was not ready by her mom's standards. Charlie's been doing this for like six months and people are like, yep, sounds fucking great. It doesn't work. But if you put in the effort and that's the difference, the writing that says, yeah, she's been practicing at home. Don't worry about it is simple. And that can work for most people. But the writing says, no, she went into this alternate reality and fought a war. And here's a backstory and how it ties into her as a character and why she'd be involved takes effort Ugh. it takes a little bit more effort but at the same time it's piss easy because everybody's it's like so fuck yeah that makes perfect sense so fucking easy like even by my a little angry I'm a, on my part i'm a horrible writer like, and I, I like you know like it's just it's it's a way to make a, a character character viable without making our well, brains hurt and I think, I think that's the, the biggest thing i think the perfect example of that was when she came back yep in season 10 which we'll talk about after this live read here. Oh. Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital Thomas. What's that all about? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if you want to get more Supernatural the Crossroads discuss- <laughs> discussions, I don't know what just happened there. And discussion. And and if you guys like uh, getting, it's, you know. I'm Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> if you Donald want Lou Ferrigno. It's, it's contagious. <laughs> if you want to get more crossroads discussions every single month head over to patreon.com slash rainman digital and pledge anywhere between one to ten dollars a month and you will gain 
access to additional discussions with the $1 tier. You get our 10 minutes at the crossroads that we do every single month. Uh, with the $5 and $3 tier, you get the behind the scenes discussions, our pre-shows, and the bonus cast that we do. With the video cast tier at $10, you will receive an additional two to three full discussions that we do every single month. Altogether, you're looking at what almost six, seven six, additional seven, shows a month, including, mm-hmm. of course, our free discussions. So you get more content and you help us stay on the air. It's really the only way we can survive. And I know people might roll their eyes and say, sure thing, guys, but it is. It's the next year is going to be very telling yeah yes it will what they're saying is stop being dicks and give us a buck (laughs) okay it's a dollar i will put that in my g-string for a a cup of coffee wow that you spend on one day, you can help put Ryan do you want me to in do a this, G-string. you want me to do the Sarah McLaughlin? For sure. a blowjob okay. in the alley on Van Buren. <laughs> for the cost for of just, a blowjob. For just a dollar a day, you can keep... Less than. Less than a dollar a day. You can keep Michael, Thomas, and Ryan on the air. In the arms I was saying, of... That feels less Sarah McLaughlin and more like PBS. Oh, it could have been PBS. <laughs> also, that might have been the worst reading. live read we've ever done. <laughs> or the best... Oh, that's true. Or the best. Or the best. That's true. Perspective. Yep. It's all about perspective. You want to do that again, um, Ryan? You want to <laughs> one more time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. For just a dollar a day, <laughs> you can keep Michael, Thomas Cowley, and Ryan Denton on air with Supernatural at Crossroads. Your dollar will go towards great content <laughs> and wonderful reviews and lots of intellectualness. Intellectualness? Shut up! I'm wow. doing this. Is very <laughs> that was very anti-intellectual. <laughs> with with your dollar, we'll be able to stay on the air and give you lots of laughs and possibly shit your pants laughing for just a dollar. So do it now. Don't be a pussy. Give us a dollar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's trying to get to the chorus. I'm, that's why he's <laughs> he is. I was. I was. I was well, he just kept repeating. <laughs> Well, you gotta, it, well, you gotta, you gotta like get in their head. That's why, that's why, like a lot of commercials keep doing the, you know, the, the, they repeat, uh, yeah. yeah. So, for just a dollar, Michael can keep the radio on air. He can find new sweatpants. Hold on. He can feed his child. He can also get his dog dog food. He can also pay us nothing because we do this for free. <laughs> and Michael could quit wearing PJs and slippers while he's doing the show. He can afford actual clothes. He can actually afford. Uh, bottled wine instead of box wine. And Thomas can afford that dick implant. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the network will finally have those crotch cams you've always wanted. Uh, it, it, very close up. So guys, well, it's gotta just be. bottom line, it's either <laughs> Patreon or OnlyFans. One way or another, we're going to figure it out. One way or another, I'm going to helicopter dick. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's great. That's a, good, quality, that's a quality tangent. So quality like, stuff. It's right okay there. if we go on a tangent if it's quality content. Hey, hey, listen, we, we can. You can hire us to do your commercials as well. Out there, people. <laughs> you don't want me. Don't right be shy. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go viral? There's no such thing as bad viral. That's well. well <laughs> there's bad viruses. That's different. Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't have any. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the biggest thing that proves the fact that Charlie was a very interesting character when utilized as a character was her return in season 10 with there's no place like home. Charlie was 
a freshly sharpened tool. She was a fantastic writing device that could be used and was used in parallel to the effects of the Mark of Cain to Dean recovering from being a demon, the actions and horrible things he did during that time, the stuff Sam did that was deplorable at that time. She was very much that dark reflection of themselves that they were fighting with that entire season. Season 10 isn't my favorite, but it does have a lot of great moments, narrative symbolism and, and talking about the inner workings and the darkness within us all and how, how far we will go in the guise of doing the right thing that can lead down a very dark path. You know, that phrase, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. That's very much what season 10 centers and focuses around. And Charlie was utilized as a fantastic character piece in that moment because she was truly a personification of her own inner darkness, something that Dean had just faced. Yeah, because when it comes down to it, as we say time and time again, it always comes back to writing and what it will do for story progression. And with Charlie's return, we get a character that has, as you were saying, essentially been broken into two halves. And once the two parts are put together, Charlie will have to live with all the things that Dark Charlie did in order to win this war. That was a physical manifestation of the very thing Dean went through at the beginning of the yes. season. His demon persona, he likes to in, in capture and say, oh, that was Demon Dean. That wasn't me. That was a separate entity. But the fact of the matter is he knows that was him. Yeah. Those actions he still did. He was a part. He was present during that. You can't escape that. Yeah, she has to reconcile those memories, yeah. those feelings and the consequences of making a decision that ultimately ended in death, murder and mayhem, which is exactly what Dean was going through. And you wouldn't have been able to do this with this character if you had not created that odd situation scenario. during the previous season. And that right there was a a great use once again, like when she was first introduced of a, a side character a guest spot her appearance in season seven and her appearance in season 10 here were phenomenal season eight was just felicia day guest starred in a larping episode and i'm sorry that's not the best episode of supernatural or the season for that matter it's my favorite it can be your favorite but you got to admit it's not the best one no we can all like people like terrible things otherwise twinkies wouldn't still be on the you know, Ooh, around those, and those McDonald's wouldn't be serving a billion people. You yeah. watch your tongue. Yeah, Twinkies are Twinkies <laughs> are Wendy's. Twinkies are definitely not terrible. Twinkies are great. Yeah, those are Twinkies. Pretty... What? Twinkies. Twinkies. Sure. sure. Some people on the neck. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, that's what made her an interesting character. That she was utilized in the proper way as a guest spot should be utilized, and that it made her that much more interesting to watch well there was also that commonality now between dean and charlie that really worked yep and it wasn't just used in this episode it was actually used moving throughout the rest of season 10 they connected charlie to dean in a very personal way that worked ultimately to her death scene Mm -hmm. it actually created this connection between the two of them that yes it was there but i always felt like it was a little forced before this moment you know dean and sam oh you're like our sister yeah really is she known her for like 
three weeks. And after this, I, f- I really did start to believe that that connection between the two of them, especially since they both shared this darkness, this, the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, dude. That, that it went from someone they know who is fun to hang out with to he wronged her by beating her up. I mean, yeah, she was her dark version, but he still carried that guilt when they were fused back into the same person and the pain he caused because that reflects on his actions as demon Dean. But she also understands because she now is a complete entity. Once again, with both her halves knows she's no less guilty of doing the exact same sort of terrible stuff. And it has that sort of that brother in arms, shared soldier, shared trauma. Yeah. That even that Sam previously had been the one primarily to undergo with mm-hmm. his inner darkness from seasons, frankly, one through five that he was grappling with just last season at this time or well, season seven, you know, everybody can now relate more because they've been through the trenches together and you're right. It does make it feel far more like they are family. They are teammates. They are just gave them better respected. rapport. It has a better relationship, a deeper connection. And these events is when we, as a show, us here in this room, really did become fans of Charlie again. Yeah. We loved her in season seven. We did not care for her appearances in season eight. Nine was half and half. It was low beginning, but great end and interesting, you know, Retrospectively speaking, it works because now we know what they were doing. And season her. 10 was also fantastic for her until she died, which was a sad fact for many people. But... And this was a very unpopular opinion amongst many fans when we talked about this, when this episode aired. But we thought her death scene was just fine. It was oh, people tragic. Hate people hated us. Hated us. <laughs> they shit on our souls. But the thing is, and, and I'm not sure how much of it is people were mad that she died in general. Which is fair. Yeah, that's and a how fair, much people yeah, were yeah, mad actually, that she yeah. died off screen and we didn't see it. Which I also understand. But from a narrative dramatic reveal standpoint i get why they did it the way they did but we thought from a character standpoint it was perfect for her charlie started off as somebody who didn't want to get involved to help these strangers even if it meant saving the world because of the risk and the fear and it's not her fight and she's going to just disappear off the grid and fuck off out of town to somebody who literally laid down her life to get documents, to get the, the translation sent to them, to save the world, not even to save the world at that time, to save one person. Dying to save somebody is the most Winchester fucking thing you can do. Yeah. First of all, I think that's a great respect to her as a character. She died on her own terms. She died fighting for what she believed in. Yep. She died doing what they would have done. And it was such a motivational It had such a motivational impact on Dean, both in a good and bad way. She did something to save him, but by her death, it pushed him even farther to the edge. Yep. And that's a great, the terms by association, how do you have an engine where something, two opposing forces are at work? I did, I died to save his life, but it had that, but his, but my death could push him to lose everything. Yep. At the same time, it's Shakespearean. That's fucking hard 
t- that is fucking hard to pull off. Yeah. And they did it with her. And I think that was a resounding impact. And the fact that people were so mad says that they did a good job with her character. I think that's the thing that people don't quite understand. And it, it goes back to like even like good villains. Yeah. Like you hate you Joffrey. Joffrey. You hated that motherfucker. But you know what? That shows you that it was a written well villain. And I think it's the same thing with death scenes. If you feel something and you're upset, you're physically pissed off, then it's a re it's a good death scene because the way they wrote that character and and it mattered when Iron Man fucking makes the snap and you're like, fuck, like at the end, you're like, son of a bitch, dude. dude." Like that's Joffrey's a great example because I after that happened, tangent, I don't know a single person who didn't like get a orgasm out of hatred relief when he died. like like fuck yeah, yeah. He's dead. like I, that was one of the most hated characters in television and yet we loved that fact yep. because it made us feel something and as charlie's death i think is the same thing but on a negative side of the coin it hurt but it's good that it did because did we want her not to die ever i feel like that would yeah. cheapen the whole thing yeah and i think that's that's why i think the death scene now people can go back and look at it and go, yeah, it sucked that she died, but it was for a reason. And at the it's time for story. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think if you know, don't poo poo on story, you can kill anyone in my opinion, hmm? except maybe of course, Sam and Dean, you can kill anyone. Well, not well, they to died finale. multiple times. <laughs> well, yeah, true. I mean, permanently. <laughs> no, not okay, according okay. To the finale. If it helps the story spike on the wall. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> if it helps the story, it's it's a value. Yeah, because that's what it's about. Everything's about the story, and well, the way they sent Charlie off mm-hmm. was satisfactory. Now, if they had never built this character up in the way that they did, and given her this Wizard of Oz backstory, and then her, none of this would have worked. None of it no. would have made sense. They really fleshed out this character in a way that made her death scene work. It yeah. made it work in a way that they, I don't think there was another character in season nine or season 10. They could have used other than, you know, the sacred cow Castiel, yeah. which we know they're not going to do. They were not going to do anything to him, but they needed a character that they can get rid of. And this was the, the, the best choice because she was so fleshed out at this point. And it mattered. We cared. If she would have died last year, none of or the previous year, none of us would have cared. Uh, but the fact that she became uh, a true ally, uh, there was such a great rapport between her, Sam, and Dean. Mm-hmm. They had that commonality, uh, a shared experience of war and combat and loss and and doing dark things, things that they're, they no doubt would regret in the name of saving lives. Uh, suddenly her death matters. Well, not only exactly, not only does it it matter, but I think it was the only way you were going to have. I, I think you made a great point right there, Mike. The there was no other character that they could have really done that with at this time that would have mattered the same way. I, I remember I still had the argument that I think Castiel could have died there and it would have been traumatic, but that wasn't the show. That was if the show ended within the next year or two. Right? Yeah, Charlie had that impact we cared because they had done such a good job building her up if they hadn't done all the oz stuff if they hadn't have done any of that it it wouldn't have been the same it would have been like felicia day's last appearance on supernatural not death of charlie and i think we often forget again we we this is a pre-show 
callback, but art, if you're really trying to say something, is going to offend some people. It's ugly sometimes. It's ugly sometimes. Yeah. Only because we cared are we mad about her death. Yeah, I mean, having people watch Human Centipede, sometimes it's ugly. Oh. You know, that's art. Sometimes it's that, ugly. That is not oh. art. That is what what schlock. What are you talking about? Thankfully, Ryan's not an art critic. <laughs> <laughs> the finest burger on the planet. What a burger. <laughs> see, what are you guys talking about? That's, that's art, dude. That's a, that's a masterpiece. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a way to shit all over I this know, episode. Right. <laughs> he just, like... Completely. Anyone that might might have been feeling Ryan's opinions, like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Suddenly it's like, yeah, look, I got to keep our listeners on their toes. You know, like I have to. That's that's my role. You making how does making yourself look stupid keep them (laughs) on their toes? Please explain that to me. Well, you just said that I'm people might have been feeling my my opinions this episode because I did have a few, you know, about more than normal and um you know sometimes and they were wrong and, to they do were, that? and they were all just like wow you know this is really smart and then i decided to shit on that idea right so there. it's almost like a charlie storyline you yeah. made yourself oh. a viable host <laughs> yep by having real opinions yep and then at the last minute you killed yourself yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i didn't do it in a bathtub you know covered in blood or whatever but oh jesus what what happened Anyway, I think someone in the supernatural writing room is morbid because, you know, Kelly Klein died in a bathtub. They don't like bathtubs. Yeah. Has oh, anyone died in a shower? Right. They must have been really inspired by that painting and just like, <laughs> oh, or something right. terrible yeah. happened to them. Maybe there just are a lot bathtubs. Yeah. I, think, I just feel like the bathtub is just a scary place in general, dude. Or Carver has a bathtub fetish. That's where he, oh, dude, he's the, oh, what's the guy? He, um, didn't, he didn't have anything to do with, though, with Kelly, Kelly Klein, right? He's, no, he's gone to that He's point. hedonism bought from Futurama. He is a bathtub. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my. I think, ultimately, when it comes down to Charlie, post-Oz Charlie was a fantastic and groundbreaking addition to the show. Yep. It's, it served as great narrative motivation for our characters at that time, and for Audiences that paid attention to the unsaid. She was fascinating to watch. She helped the characters move along in a very dark season. She was, it helped flush out her character as a whole and, and gave us the excuses we needed for her to be such a high leveled up, you know, Hunter character at that time. It did so many things for her. It added depth. It added mystery. It added intrigue. It added pain. And it added so much more relatable elements to her, especially for where Dean was at this time. Yes. The whole split between light and darkness, it Mm -hmm. makes her one of the most important characters in the way of subtext during season 10 because of what was going on with Dean. And that's a good, that's really is kind of the conversation. And when you look back at Carver's story, that really does work. Season 10 is about the light versus the darkness within all of us. Charlie, Dean, even Rowena. At the very end, we find out that she had this true love for somebody and this light within her and the darkness that came from that. And it's literally the gateway to unleashing the darkness within season 11. Yeah. There's some great stuff there. And while, again, I say season 10 isn't necessarily my favorite, that's less of an impact or or statement on that season as it is the strength of the seasons prior. But Now, riddle me this, Thomas. Oh, mm. fuck the Riddler. Is it not your favorite season because of story decisions 
or bad writing because there's a difference uh story decisions or bad bad writing Be- yeah. Bid yeah, writing. because I feel the same way. I like season 10, but it's not my favorite out of Carver's mm-hmm. run. Right. And the way I look at it, and I believe we said this a couple shows back about Carver, that you could never look back at Carver's run and scream out foul ball in the way of bad writing. Yeah, it's more, story it's decisions. more like, I don't know if I would have done that, but well, you yeah. did it and it works. What he did worked for what he was trying to do, but the things like yeah. the mega coven, <laughs> yeah. the grand coven not being a thing in any capacity, the death of Castiel not happening, the Steins. Well, what is it with you and this blood? It would have, have been fantastic. Quit the point saying is, that, Thomas. The death, <laughs> the Steins being so short lived not seeing more of Oz. Like there's a lot of things that I would have gone a different direction in, but it's not my story to tell. Yeah. So it was again, yeah. you're right. It's story decisions, not bad writing. Cause what was there worked. It's just, I thought there were other avenues to go down yeah. that I was interested in. Okay. But those yeah. are mine. No, I, I actually, so. I, don't, I agree with that because it's hard to ever look at an episode. Sure. There are some bad episodes oh, during yeah. Carver's run, but I never look at a story arc or even a season and say, yeah, that's some bad writing, Carver. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like, oh, man, I wish we would have gotten more of this. Yes. But isn't that a testament to his imagination and creativity then? If he's if he is baiting us with all these fabulous ideas that we want more of, isn't that what a writer should do? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, he's wetting our appetites like he, he's mm. he's getting us all salivating mm. for more. Oh. Give me more of that. Well, so was season 10 the season long edging before the explosive season 11? It, that's exactly Wait, what it was. Explosive which way? Yes. Oh, OK. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh, this is and that's why I think that it's unfair to say that. Not This isn't a defending our statement episode, but I think Charlie is a more complex issue than people saying you guys just didn't like Charlie's character. She was far more involved than that, and I think it had a lot more depth than just the two episodes we didn't like. So with that, that's going to wrap it up here for our discussion on Wizard of Oz Charlie. Do not forget that we're going to have additional all this month Women of Supernatural celebrating Women's History Month within our regular shows, in addition to the Patreon episodes and all the content that's going to be coming from there. And remember, and just for a dollar a day, <laughs> you can help Thomas, Michael, and Ryan stay on the air with Supernatural The Crossroads. And you can hear more content just like this show for just a dollar. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you all next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.